Labelling the good things around Australia. Our experts analyse the weekend's major meetings. Get set on Radio Tab. Some promising horses running at Caulfield. David Gately, good morning. Thanks, Steve. Yes, Group 1 Racing in Melbourne and Sydney. We need the quaddy at Caulfield again. So we're going pretty thin this week, relatively, anyway. Um, first leg of horse race seven, the Guineas Prelude. It's a good race. I think she likes the one over the odds. I've been waiting for him to get to 1,400 pretty much since his debut. He continually runs these monster last 600 figures. He did exactly that uh, last time in the McNeil when you're just staying at 1,200 metres at the second half and well, that, that sprint trip. And he was back last. He wasn't going anywhere at the 500, then zoomed late. That's uh, definitely the sign of a horse who wants further. 11.32, clear race, fastest home in that. Party obviously unbeaten. He controlled the race to in the McKenzie off a slow speed, sure. But he ran a quality last 600 figure himself. And it's something he's done throughout his career. He can accelerate with weight. It's a great sign. V8, good strong win first up with weight. Of course, VRC size winner beating Tom Kitten. So he's going to be hard to beat. And Centrify is another tick 1,400 metre uh, three-year-old, I think. 5-3-2-6, first leg. Second leg, look, I'm giving Berkeley Square another chance. I just think he's been needed the, he needed the blinkers. I said that after his first up run and his second up run and his third up run. And they finally put him on. So I have to give him another go. He's just not quickening in his races and the blinkers can offset that. Um, either that or he's not much good. So we'll find out more on Saturday. Um, floating artist is the class, of course, having run well in one of the fastest Melbourne Cups uh, in history. He probably should have won a, a Coonja here in 2021. Off his last start when he's back. Goldman was wide and the fan held on well. I think he's the other winning hope. So just 12, 3 and 5 in the naturalism, which is the second leg. The group won Underwoods race 9 and without a fight, first up at 1800. That was the exact recipe when he was a dominant winner in Queensland, as you'd well know, uh, first up a few months ago. and uh, He too ran terrific time in sectionals and measured right up to wait for age. I think he's just a really good horse. His trial was excellent. Alligator blood. Look, he's probably... A length off, uh, maybe, where he was uh, last spring, but he's still highly competitive with Mr. Brightside, who, you know, has a seat at the table as our best horse in the country. So, of course, he won this last year, Alligator Bloody Beat Zaki. Attrition, uh, excellent first up in the Lawrence. He was wide, only two lengths off Mr. Brightside, and then just missed in the fan. And uh, he just uh, sort of hooked out on the turn. Probably cost him half a length, and he got beaten point one. so you do the maths. I think Lindemann and Sulcum probably go in um, for sure. 8, 2, 14, 13 and 10. The last, a benchmark 100. I think Generation's a silly price. Um, I don't mind him drawn out by race 10. He can, there's only one turn, Caulfield sprint races. He can just use his speed, track five or six off the inside where he's comfortable. Hopefully give a kick. It'd be hard to beat. Uh, I think uh, went, up, went up a big price in, but he's not a moral, but he's my top pick. She dances, couldn't have jumped out any better. She runs time from the front. She's going to be hard to beat. Bacchanale is a good, solid horse. Look, he's not a good Dolphins A, uh, A+, plus, but he's, he's a really good second-level horse. And this is a second-level sprint. And Sebenak returned Gelder one well. Midwest um, made a tour of work to beat him first up. Actually beat Generation Home. So must have a case too. 2, 16, 3, 18, and 4. Home. Best. Race 6, number 10, amenable. Just outstanding in the Memsey. Back, held up, race fastest, the worst part of the track against four of our elite horses. Uh, he ran fifth and beat everything else. Here he is back a notch in grade. Pretty keen there. Best Sydney, race seven, number seven, Waterford. A really good return from him as well. 
some of the best sectionals of the day. He has run, uh, he's a really good second up profile also. And he's in well relative weights today. So race seven, number seven, Waterford, our best up there. Our value, we've mentioned it, Caulfield race 10, number two, Generation, um, for those reasons outlined, I think is a, is a silly price here. I'm not worried about that wide gate. So 10 by two, uh, Caulfield, our value play. Thanks, mate. Thanks, David. David Gately there. I'll go through this information again for you. Waterford's price, race seven, number seven at Rose Hill, is $3. So his best in Sydney is 7 7 At Caulfield, six ten amenable, around the $1.80 mark at the moment with Tab. So six ten amenable. The value is the one ten two generation at $12. His quadrilla number, so race seven, the first leg, he's come out with a $9.50 chance. So five, three, two, and also six in leg number one. So five, three, two, and six. And of course, uh, he's coming out with She Light, trained by Ken Keyes. I think Ken had um, rich enough go around in one of these Caulfield Giddies Pradutes um, some seasons ago. Five, three, two, six. In the second leg, it was 12, three, and five. So 12, three, and five in race number eight. Then we move on to race nine. His numbers were eight, two, 14, 13, and 10. So in the Underwood Stakes, just repeating, 8, 2, 14, 13 and 10. So he's putting without a fight on top. And in the last event, it's number 2 over 16 and then 3, 18 and 4. 2, 16, 3, 18 and also the 4. And as he mentioned, generation on top, $12 and three sixty. Yeah, Michael Maxworthy from the Sky Racing Network to look at Wheatwood Day in Toowoomba. How are you, Mike? Good, thank you, Steve. Uh, looking forward to a bit of a change on a Saturday and heading up to uh, up the range to uh, Toowoomba. The track will be in great order. Uh, true and uh, a nice mild day by the looks of it with a temperature of about 9 or 20 degrees. So all set for the big day. And you like this two-year-old Herbie Town in the Pat O'Shea? I do. Um, the Colt by Rossay. With all of these horses lining up, uh, they've all had barrier trials and um, he's the only one that's actually shown us what he's made of. Uh, he was asked for a bit of an effort by Georgina Cartwright in his recent trial and you could clearly see that he's got an engine. So I'm going with that. What you see is what you get with him. Uh, like his trainer, John Thomas, not at all concerned about the whitish draw with him. He's probably better off out there. It doesn't begin that well, as you pointed out. You've obviously done his trial replays, but he does muster fairly quickly, and if he can put himself handy, I expect he's going to be hardest to beat there. So happy to back him, and there's been some good market support as well. So race two, the Pat O'Shea, we're with number two, Herbie Tow. I was looking at the previous winners of this race. Gee, Daryl Golland, uh, Mike, had a great record in this race. Tony's father, he won it a heap of times uh, back in the, the 90s. About yeah. six or seven times. Yeah, he was the king of the two-year-olds, Daryl, wasn't he? Yeah, Big and Angry um, was one of his winners. God's Memory, Zipper Ripper, Swan yeah. Lady, goes on and on. Quick Whiskey, Ruling Chariot, Groovy Miss. Zipper Ripper was one of my favourites, and back then he had a horse called Socially Excited. Gee, we're going back a long way. Yeah. I think Zipper Ripper was almost a black horse, but, yeah, you could rely on Daryl um, dominating during that era, uh, nowadays, though, we've only got um, we've got Les Ross with six, um, and only a couple of other trainers with representatives uh, in the race. 
Even Christy Banks rode a winner for Darrell years ago. Of course, carry on casual, and then Christy had that fall, which left her in a in a wheelchair. But um, yeah, gee, one of the heap of times. So Herbie Town, two two. Yeah, and I think um, we've got to respect Toowoomba horses here at Clifford Park. Uh, they only had one winner last year. It was this race. It was Bedorb, uh for Michael Nolan. Um, Tony Gollum had three winners last year. Chris Waller, Desley Forster, Jack Duncan. Uh, he won the Cup. Um, Jack Bruce won the Whitwood with Axe. And Matthew Park had the last winner. Um, moving to race number four, and I think O'Day Hoisted. Uh, can win here with their new acquisition, Arna Kerr, who uh, was very good winning first up for the new stable a couple of Wednesdays ago. He put himself handy. He was helped by the, the pace not being solid, but he really did put them away quickly and attack the line. I think he's going to love 1,300 metres here at Clifford Park up the hill. He's going to be very strong at the end and actually drops three kilograms in weight carry. So he's got gate three, he can settle in Ben Thompson wherever he wishes, and he's three kilos down on that last start victory. So there's plenty to like about him. Key Royale is the interesting one if she starts. She's beautifully placed here too with only 55 and a half. She's drawn a little bit awkwardly, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see whether they go to post with her from a bit of an awkward gate. But I think clearly here right now with race four, number six, Arno Kerr. All right, so four, six. And you've been talking about this horse for some period of time because you, you were surprised it was able to get over the top of the leader last start and run good sectionals when winning in Brisbane. Yeah, Nick Sperm. I'm a little bit surprised that he's $4.20. I thought he'd be a lot shorter than that in the market. Um, he has trimmed up a little bit. He's just a, an extraordinary story. Um, I'm pretty sure he had his first start this campaign. It was Magic Millions Day in Victoria somewhere, uh, the 14th of January. This will be his 15th start this term. In the meantime, he's he's made his way from, from Melbourne to Toowoomba to Kylie Corey and Kylie Gear and Stables. And he's just in a purple patch of form, having won three of his past four Saturday races in Brisbane and his last victory at Doomben beating Gunnar Fanakis was his most authoritative win, charging through the line back on the 9th of September. So, yeah, I think it's going to take a good horse to beat him. And I think this year, Steve, with the Cup, it's all about the weights. We've got the Cup's King Namazu with 60 kilos, really compressing all of the handicaps. And the true weight, um, Ben Thompson can ride with Nick Spurs. So he's only got 53 and a half. And there's a lot of other horses that are carrying you know, more weight than what they should. They, you know, they're not able to carry their true weight. So the horse that's the weighted good thing as well is also number nine, Nick Ausper in the cup. So your three specials for Wheatwood Day, Tourma Cup Day, 2-2 Herbie Town, 4-6 Arnaquer and 7-9 Nick Ausper. I was just looking at his old form. He showed ability in New South Wales, didn't he? Arnaquer for uh, Jean... Uh, Jean Dubois, um, there was a second of democracy manifest there at Randwick last yeah. year and that horse won the Cameron the other day. He's one of the favourites for the, the uh, Epsom next week. Yeah. Yeah, so he's arrived here from Sydney. But, um, yeah, he's always had good form, but seemingly they've got him in a really good space at the moment. And if the same horse turns up that was a Doombin a couple of weeks ago, then um, it's his race for the taking, I think. Thanks, Michael. OK, thank you, Steve. Bye-bye. There he is, uh, Michael Maxworthy. Just back to that uh, Pat O'Shea plate. I, I, this is obviously was previously the fit and insurance. I remember Pat got so excited, Pat O'Shea, because he shared in the ownership of a horse that won it in 2009, Ghost in the Darkness. 
Uh, Kenji Yoshida wrote it. Michael Nolan trained it uh, back in 2009. But the brilliant broadcaster uh, got particularly excited that year because he was a part owner of Ghost in the Darkness. Ray Hickson, finger on the pulse, racing New South Wales. How are you? Morning, Steve. I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you? Now I've got good. I'm giving you that big introduction. Did you see Think About Its Trial? I just posted it on our social there you media go. Tell a me about while it. ago. So, uh, look, it was a nice trial. They obviously, um, you know, wanted to keep him out of trouble. So he went basically went around the outside fence there on the inner grass uh, over the 740. So that he probably covered about 800 metres. The others covered 740. The winner was on the inside all the way through. He's just, as you'd imagine, brushed down the outside and run a nice second. He's racing next Saturday, so he didn't need to do anything huge. Uh, look, if you're if you're a think about it fan, and a lot of people are, you've seen nothing to suggest that he's not going to be a big force in the Premier and the Everest. Just the way Joe Pride even spoke about him um, last week after he, the other horse won. <laughs> um, mm. It's like he thinks, oh, well, this other one's better. I've got him at home. I haven't released him yet. But, um, yeah, we'll wait. Well, I think, it's more that, I think it's more that he just, like, I think he knows where Private Eye is. Like, I think we do. You know, he's been in an Everest already. He ran second. He's won a couple of group ones. You know, we, we know how good Private Eye is. I, I think that a lot of those comments come from we're not sure where, think about its level is because he just had that amazing preparation like last time in where he culminated in winning the Stradbroke quite quite comfortably. Um, so he's still on the way up. And if he continues to get better, well, goodness me. <laughs> Purple won a Queensland Oaks in 2009. Purple, and you're coming up with a son of Purple here, race three at Rose Hill. Yeah, Marquess. Um, not too many five-year-old geldings in the Godolphin stable, I'd imagine. But this fellow has only had the nine starts. He's certainly still on the way up. He's won four of his last five. And he just went down behind How Good Are You at Rose Hill a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, they clash again tomorrow. He gets a nice little two-and-a-half kilo weight swing in his favour and an extra 100 metres, which looks also in his favour. I think this race is going to pan out fairly similarly to their clash a couple of weeks ago. She'll lead... He'll have her back, and it's just a matter of whether she can run him down. This is a little bit harder. There are a couple of handy ones higher up in the weights, but um, I think he's going to turn the tables on, on her, and that probably is going to be good enough to get home. So race three, number eight, the first of them. $3.60. You're coming up with Espiona in race six? Lovely race for Espiona, the golden pendant. She just... Oh, it just looks like a matter of going around as far as I'm concerned. I mean, she's going to land in a perfect spot, either in the 1-1 one, one or one out and two back. Nash has had the one ride on her now, and that was in the Chiraco a couple of weeks ago. And, look, I don't know she, whether she would have beaten Sunshine in Paris. She looked like she had a little bit up her sleeve, the winner. But she just had to spend a fair bit of time waiting for Sunshine in Paris's run to get around to her outside before she was able to, to sprint. And while she had her head turned a little bit, which seems to be just her, I loved her last 100 metres. She, she took significant ground off the winner there, and... 1,400 metres in this smallish field, again, is going to suit her greatly. She's got the best turn of foot of any horse in this race, and I think that might be the difference. So pretty happy with her, race six, number two. It still sticks in my head, but the Flemington Carnival that day when she won by mm. a massive margin, James McDonald was easing her down. Um, 6-2, Espiona, uh, $2.60. And one in the last? Yeah, a bit of value in the last. Uh, number 19, Kimberly Secrets. She still needs one more scratching to make the field. She's fifth emergency. We've had four scratchings so far. I think she'll get in. Um, 
I don't think she's entitled to be double figures. I think she'll probably start around the $9 mark. Um, very smart mare, lightly raced, came through the country championship series, won the uh, Maruya Heat before running fourth in the Canberra Guineas as a $2.90 chance. And then led up the country championships final on that heavy track. Don't think she loves the heavy. And she did run a good race running sixth there. She's been trialling really well. I know the connections are keen to get her into the Kosciuszko and there's still one spot left. So they won't be leaving anything to chance with her. And she's got this gate, which will see her probably land in front or right on the speed. And I think at the odds, she's a very good each way chance because you know she's going to be round, wound up to run really well. $13, race 10, number 19, Kimberly Secret. So your three specials are 3.8, Marquess at 3.60, 6.2, Espiona at 2.60, 10.19, as I mentioned, $13, and we'll chat in the morning. We will. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Ray Hickson from Racing New South Wales. Yeah, that win I was referring to with Espiona was actually her second start when they took her to Flemington for Cup Week, and it was the desirable stakes listed 1,400, and you wouldn't see... An easier win, and I was one of the. I jumped on. I was one of those that thought she was going to be the next big thing in racing at that time. Uh, six, she won by six and a half, and her time was extraordinary. And then, of course, she came back as a dollar fifty the next preparation, and a lot of people got burnt uh, when Fangirl uh, beat her uh, in the Light Fingers Stakes, and then she got beaten again on the wet in the Surround Stakes. She ran third, and then she got beaten again on the wet in the Coolmore before coming back and winning the James Carr Stakes. That was April of 2022. Ben Scadden's here to hopefully give us some winners here at Morfittville. How are you, Ben? G'day, Steve. Yeah, fingers crossed we can uh, find a few on a on a nice day at the around the Morfield Parks track tomorrow. Well, this is this horse is <laughs> named after the owner. Race three. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I think um, looking at the breeding it's by Vadimos out of um, La Sommelière. So I don't know if, if Wolf Blaise ended up um, wanting the horse because of the name of the dam, because it all yeah certainly a strong wine connection there, right? And um, yeah, owned by Wolf Blaise, as you said, races in Wolf's very known colours: the brown with the gold eagle. Trained by Michael Hickmott, who's um, training a couple for Wolf now, and I think he's a, definitely an, an up-and-coming type. This this bloke ran a really good race in the Adelaide Guineas behind Party Princess, where he's back and, and made really solid ground. Party Princess was a strong winner that day. He's had a trial at Murray Bridge um, around about two weeks ago. Trialed nice. It wasn't knocked around. Just you know, beaten a beaten about a half neck by uh, Mo Amore. Kelsey Hannon's on board, and we know that she's um, you know had a had a really good run of success since she's been here in South Australia. Still claims a full three kilos, so gets him with 56.5, barrier three. I'm thinking he'll be a better horse this campaign than he was last time we saw him, and last time we saw him, he was pretty good. So, yeah, I think he's a, he's a real up-and-comer. Really interested to see how he how he performs tomorrow and where he's going to end up. I think he's a, he's a black-type horse in the long run, uh, wine baron. Race three, number four at $2.40. It's interesting when you look at race five, the three faves are all apprentices here. Uh, Brave Star, yeah. Gilladora and Cool Magnum. But you're going with Brave Star? Yeah, I think so. He's, um, I think he's probably just a slightly better quality horse than, than a few of these Brave Star. He, um, ran a, I thought he ran a good race um, when he had his first run here in South Australia on the parks track around about a month ago. I think it was four weeks ago. He ran, finished third behind Storm Hunter and it, Storm Hunter, and it was a very solid run that day. The second horse, Carbone, has been racing very well as well. As you said, uh, Sheridan Clark's on board. She claims the uh, 
the full three kilos, so he gets in with 57. Yeah, I think he's, he's a nice quality horse, this bloke. He's um, got a very solid record. He's had 19 starts, four wins, eight placings, so always around the mark. Um, this stable's going very well at the moment as well, the Philip Stokes team here in South Australia. It's a nice race, this one. There are certainly a, a few chances, as you mentioned, a few with the um, with the apprentices on board. Um, Jill Adora down the bottom for Justin Pickering has been racing particularly well and will be very hard to beat and will probably be vying for favouritism, I think, with Brave Star. But I think, uh, yeah, the top weight can run a, run a very bold race tomorrow. 5-1, Brave Star, $4.20. And this really genuine horse for, uh, for David Aldridge here, race six. Yeah, Chicago Storm. Look, I'm, I was on him last time and... He raced very well. We had a had a tough run that day. He was kind of wide and exposed for a long time. And Lord Vladivostok, who we know he's got a plenty of ability, doesn't win too often. He um, he had a nice run. He was was a dominant winner that day. But I thought Chicago Storm raced very very well. Still, he's another horse who's got like an amazing record on the park track. If you have a look, he's had seven starts for three wins, uh, three seconds, and and a third. Uh, one of those seconds came last time round. Um, no reason why he can't bounce back into the winner's list straight away. I think here, Jason Holder on board, one of our very top jockeys. Um, yeah, you can be sure that he won't run a bad race, and I think he's got a great chance of winning Chicago Storm. Very comfortably on him as as favourite in this race. That's race six, number four, and the price is $2.50. Thanks, Ben. Good on you, Steve. Thanks very much. So Ben Scadden likes Wine Baron for Wolf Blass, race three, number four, race five, one Brave Star, and Chicago Storm. Yeah, $2.50. I'm a real wild one. Wild one. Wild one. Wild one. Let's talk to Colin McNiff. How are you, Colin? In fact, he's with us now. This is uh, to look at Sunday's meeting. How are you, Col? Yeah, very well, thanks. Got you now. You like one in the first on Sunday? Yeah, Montfleur's been very competitive at two runs in from a spell. Most recently beaten a half length at this track two weeks ago. Finished off really nicely. She's beautifully drawn, I think, against the run of the race. Fitness on her side should go very close. Race one, number seven. One, seven. What's this one in the third here? John Blacker. Yeah, Wiz Bayer's been desperately unlucky at his last start. He was unable to get a clear run in the home straight. Finished right on the place, get his heels in fourth spot. Prior to that, was placed at his first two runs since joining the uh, Johnny Blackett camp here in Tassie. Uh, a little more luck this week, I think he breaks through for what is an overdue win race three, number four. And a horse first up for Rowan Hamer in race six? Look, it ran one of the quickest last 600s ever seen at the Devonport Trials on September 12. Skipped home in 33.25, won by six and a half lengths. It was a cracking trial. It just said, uh, back me whenever I start. Um, all three wins have been on the synthetic. Uh, barrier number one, I think, just bounces, leads and wins. So race six, number eight, quick enough. Yeah, it's run well fresh in the past as well. Uh, mm. A horse that started its career in Queensland uh, ran second to a very promising youngster called Natuno. Its first start trained by Tony Gollan. So uh, that's quicken up by Hellbent. So you're three for Sunday. Uh, race one, number seven. Race three, four, whiz by and race six, number eight. That's correct. And we get to see the inevitable, of course, a bit of an inquiry, but uh, he's going around next week in the Epsom for David Perez. Yeah, Johnny Keyes has had to go up to take over the training with this inquiry into uh, what's been happening with the horse with uh, Tegan Keyes and Scott Brunt, and they'll front the stewards on Monday. So interesting to see how that all plays out. Thanks, Colin. Cheers. Bye. Yeah, Colin McNiff there, wrapping up Get Set on this Friday.